This is the Everything is Black and White podcast, brought to you by Chronicle Live, bringing you the latest insight on everything to do with Newcastle United. You can find us on iTunes, Acast, Spotify, or most podcast providers. Hello and welcome to Everything is Black and White podcast. I'm Andrew Musgrove, and today joined by Mark Douglas. As luck would have it, we did ask for your questions, and we got quite a few, and they were all about one man. That was Joe Linton. And as I mentioned, as luck would have it, he's just been spotted up at St. James's Park, Mark. So we may have to rush out here um, and do the story if it does officially mm. break that he is a Newcastle United player. But right now it looks like it's just a matter of uh, when, not if. Yeah, I think so. I, I felt it was going to happen for most of the summer. Um, Rafa Benitez was offered the player a few months ago has even suggested it could have been done in January if the conditions had been right. So I think they've been working on this one for a lot, for an awful long time. Um, they've come up with a deal, I think, that financially works for them. Um, Steve Bruce was kind of, I think, consulted on the signing. I'm pretty, pretty right in thinking there. Um, and I think that has basically been a kind of relatively easy deal for them to do. Uh, various different fees and things quoted I, I would think that the 50 million euros quoted in, in the German press is not accurate but it's definitely a club record or could rise to a club record I think but I think the initial outlay will be a, a club record as well but in, in staged payments so that Newcastle will have more money to spend in the rest of the summer as well and you know they really need to spend because they need I would say four or five players to get themselves back to the level really where they can be competitive next season. Not that the team as it is at the moment wouldn't be competitive, but they need more than they've got um, to to have any kind of impact on the Premier League next year. I suppose a sign of just how bad things have got between the fans and the hierarchy is that if this time last year you'd mentioned Newcastle United spending 40 million on a player, you know, there would have been a really good buzz about it. And there still is to a, a slight degree, mm. but it's nowhere as near as what you would expect and is that the kind of the Rafa Benitez effect you think I think it's I don't think it's necessarily too much of the Rafa Benitez effect per se because I'm I'm sensing that you know not I don't think people are moving on from Rafa in terms of you know they've forgotten what's happened in the last few months but I do think that people will forget um you know that because he's now managing in China I think it will I mean I've kind of sort of got to the point where it's like look you know I've written all that I've written about Rafa. We wanted him to stay, but he's not here now. There's no point in 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 sort of keep mentioning his name too much, other than obviously there's important context there for what's happened. Um, I think that the problem is that the, the hierarchy have, you know, and a huge amount of suspicion around their motives. You know, they've brought in a manager who, um, you know, I don't think was a massively popular appointment in terms of what the fans thought. They feel, I think there was the statement that said it was unambitious and, it, you know, he was a manager that, that, that they didn't feel was necessarily going to take them forward. So I think there's all of that stuff linked into it. I think there's a massive amount of cynicism about the motives of the of the hierarchy. But, you know, we've asked for them to spend money. I, th- I think what, what I don't like about the, some of the cynicism is people um, writing this lad off already. And I've seen a few people saying, oh, well, Rafa didn't want him. Rafa didn't think he was good enough. You know, Rafa wouldn't have spent the money that they've spent on him. Yeah, but, you know, Rafa didn't get everything right in terms of recruitment as well. It doesn't necessarily mean that just because Rafa had his reservations about this player doesn't mean that he's not he's not very good. You know, 
I think it's really unfair to sit there and say, oh, well, he's rubbish. We've signed him and he's rubbish. It, it, clearly not. You know, he's he's been playing at a high level in the Bundesliga. He had an injury last season, but still scored good goals. Um, he's strong. He's, you know, he's a work in progress, clearly. There's there's room to be done. But we've been asking them to spend money on on strikers and, and you know, now they've gone and done it. Uh, if, if Rafa was here and they'd assigned this player, we'd have been very, very positive about it. So I think you've got to maybe... Um, disassociate what's happened this summer with the signing of this. Don't forget what's happened this summer, but at the same time, treat this signing as you know a sign of what we want from Newcastle to be spending money and going out and getting them some of the better young players in, in across Europe. Two points there, I guess. I think the first one is to kind of distinguish between maybe why Rafa Benitez left or, or an element of why left was because it wasn't necessarily about the money yeah. to spend. It was more about the control. I mean, do you think yeah. that's getting a bit... Um, mixed up in, the, in the, the rhetoric of the last week. I don't like. I don't like kind of getting too deeply into the whole why Rafa left in terms of the recruitment because there's so many different versions of it. And then when I said that at the weekend, it was like, well, Newcastle United lie all the time, and Rafa doesn't. It's like, well, I'm not so sure about that. I think if you were inside the negotiations, both sides felt that the other side wasn't really listening to the other side. Now, Rafa claims that they just wanted th- people to do things the right way. And I think there was some truth in that. Definitely, there's, well, there, is, there was truth in that. That's, that's absolutely true. Um, but by the same token, I don't think he really thought that the amount of money that they had was going to be enough if they do deals the way that they've kind of done them in the past. Um, so, I, I, you know, I, I've said everything about Rafa in terms of I felt that he had a lot of points when it came to recruitment. Um, but by the same token, doesn't mean that, that if they spend 70, 80 million... They're not going to get some really good players, um, you know. Steve Bruce has, has reassured us all that he's got he's got the final say on transfers. Um, digging a little bit deeper, I think that that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be able to sign every player that he wants. But I think it does mean that he probably is. Um, they are treating him more as a kind of he's not getting the Steve McLaren treatment, it seems. But he's going to have to give the green light to to, to the signings that Steve Nixon has come up with. Certainly, and then you mentioned there about some sections writing Julian off even before he's kicked the ball. I guess we could go back to this time last summer, uh, well, fast forward a few weeks, but with Rondon, didn't have the best goal and score record yep. in the Premier League. A lot of people even said, look, he's, he's, he's just been, he's not one of Alphabetia's first choices. It, it turned out he was. He was, yeah. Absolutely. But he was written off by a lot of people as this person who wouldn't end up scoring the goals and he ended up, you know, firing your cast night into safety. Spot on, yeah. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, we... I think the Rondon thing was was kind of a great example of where some people maybe jumped to the wrong conclusions at times because it was, some people said to me, he's plan C, plan D, plan E, whatever. He was plan A. He was Rafa's plan A. Um, he was Rafa's plan A if he'd have stayed. Um, but again, you know, we look at where he's ended up and he's ended up in China because I don't think anybody in the Premier League has wanted to necessarily um, take the plunge financially on what he was asking for. So uh, was that the right decision? I think you would have got a good season, another good season out of Rondon, maybe even two, because he and he was outstanding last season. He was so good. And I really think they should have signed him for the money that they were they were kind of asking. The personal terms were obviously problematic. I think that was that that was the big thing. Um but Joe Linton or Joey Linton, I think it is, um it's an exciting signing. I, I'm I'm you know, look, I'm not saying forget about everything that's happened. I, I totally understand the frustration and I share a lot of it. I think that the club have really struggled this summer. I think they've not done things the right way. Um, and, and you know, Steve Bruce is going to be, he's going to be up against it if they don't start winning games. But having said that, the, I think this is a good, it looks to me like a good signing. 
Um, and I've quite liked a lot of the players that Newcastle... You know, I like Mitrovic. I thought Mitrovic was a good player. And I thought that he, um, you know, but he was brought in as a work in progress. This lad's a work in progress, but he scored goals in the Bundesliga. You know, he's, he he looks like he'll be a good fit. And Newcastle play, Newcastle fans love their strikers, don't they? So, um, yeah, we're in a difficult position at the moment, I think, because things are going to start to become a little bit more positive when they start signing players. Um but let's not forget all the nonsense that's gone on this summer and it has been a really bad summer for Newcastle so far. But this this would be, you know, we've got to give them credit where things happen because all we've wanted them to do is things right. So this would be, a, belatedly, it would be something that they've done right. In my opinion, I've not seen a lot of him play, but he, but from what people tell me, he's, he's you know, he's fairly useful. Chipped in with a few assists last season as well, not necessarily a, an out-and-out goal scorer. But I think the point you made there... Is, uh, is quite interesting. And I think one of the other things a lot of people have been saying is that uh, if they weren't good enough for Rafa Benitez and they're not going to be good enough for Steve Roos in terms of the players who've come back on loan, in terms of the players who were on the fringe, is that is that fair on the likes of Rolando Aarons, Jack Harbach, Jacob Murphy? I mean, I have to be honest. I think those three and, you know, Akraf Lazar have a lot of work to do to convince people that they're Premier League quality. I mean, Colback. Well, Colback, to be fair to him, has played a lot of Premier League games, but, you know, is he going to be a difference maker? I, I could see Colback maybe being, replacing the army in terms of, you know, bodies in midfield, but it's not going to take you forward. Um, but but everybody's going to start with a, a fresh a fresh slate. So, you know, I think I think he probably will stay now. Um, he's, on a, he's on a heck of a lot of money at Newcastle. So I don't, I think the chances of anybody coming in with a decent offer for him are going to be low. So I think he'll stay. Um you know, Aaron's. I've always thought Aaron's is a decent player. He's just—it's always been injuries. But again, you know, if you're looking at some of the players that that are playing in the Premier League, you know, Aaron's hasn't had a run of Premier League games for a long time. Akraf Lazar did, you know, ha- didn't cut it under Rafa. Talented player, but you know, he's not again not had a run of games. Jacob Murphy, I think, is probably the one who may may be able to change people's perceptions because he's only young. He did okay at West Brom, but he needs—he's a real—he needs his arm around a shoulder kind of player. I think what we're going to see with Steve Bruce is a very different way of managing, a very different way of probably playing. And some players will benefit from that and some won't. So some players who probably looked really good under Rafa might not look quite as good under Steve Bruce because he'll play a different way. And some players who maybe didn't work out under Rafa will will maybe get a bit more of a, um, a go under, under Steve Bruce. But, you know, look, they're up against it massively because he's not had a lot of time to put his stamp on the team they are you know they are gonna struggle I think for the first few weeks because they've got Arsenal in the first game now if they can get anything out of that that's brilliant Norwich away well Norwich are going to be riding the crest of away from the promotion and then Spurs really tough first three games for Newcastle and you know I'm I'm in the position now where I totally understand I have question marks over what Steve Bruce um, you know what the credential, what his credentials are, and I think he'll probably, hopefully, he'll accept that. But I, you know, at the same time, do we give him a chance? I think, yeah, I think you have to. I think you absolutely have to. And, and I'm at the point where I don't necessarily give Mike Ashley a chance. I'm not saying give Mike Ashley a chance because I think he's had every chance going. And I think I've, on record here, I think that as long as he's there, it's going to be very difficult for Newcastle to be sustainable long term as a successful team because they'll always do at some point the wrong thing. But do I think in the short term, this season, Newcastle are going to be a disaster? Mm, I'm not sure. You know, I think Steve Bruce is, I don't think he's necessarily the right, the choice for people who want to see the team kind of 
take a great leap forward. But is he competent? Yeah, I've seen him work at first time with Sunderland. He is. He's been in the game a long time. Um, he's got experience. Players are going to speak really highly of him. Let's give him a chance. Let's see where. Let's see what he does. But then I understand everything else that I've heard, and I'm on, kind of on the record as saying that you know I totally understand where fans where fans are coming from if they're feeling very upset about their team. I can only give my opinion. I'm not telling anybody else what to what to think about this appointment and everything that's moving forward. But they, if they don't sign players, they're going to be in a heck of a rele- they're going to be in a, a battle for relegation. I believe you mentioned there the kind of difference in players under. Benitez and uh, Bruce, what did you make of Shelby's comments on Saturday after the game? Shelby was out of favour under Rafa, so it didn't surprise me that he was kind of saying that he was happy that somebody else has come in, because I think Shelby would have been on his on his way if Rafa was still here. Um, I think it's kind of consistent with the different methods that two men have got. You know, Bruce will be much more of a arm round the shoulder kind of guy with those players. Some of them will have felt that Rafa, you know, didn't give them too many indications on what they think on what they felt but you've got to remember players are very uh, adaptable you know they will they they will I think a lot of them wanted Rafa to stay but now they've got a new manager in they'll just get on with it because that's how players that's how players are um, you know they never Rafa never lost the dressing room let's put it that way because they kept winning games towards the end of the season in particular I think he there was a bit of tension there around when he you know, at Christmas when he was sort of saying that we aren't good enough to stay in the Premier League. I think one or two of the players were a little bit put out by that, but they still played really well for Rafa, didn't they? And they did like Rafa. They liked the way that Rafa worked things, but it wasn't, but maybe he wasn't quite as, you know, arm around the shoulder telling players how they feel as Steve Bruce would be. But will Steve Bruce get as good as results as, as, as Rafa? That's the big question, isn't it? And if, and you know, that's what players are all about, really. They, they, they don't give you very long. So if, they're eight weeks down the line and they haven't won a game. Maybe the players might start to say, oh, well, you know, the training sessions aren't as good as they were under Rafa. That's what happens. You know, you'll see, they'll all come out and be positive about Steve Bruce. They will all come out and do it. It, it was interesting in that, in so much as I think Shelby's very honest and I think Shelby probably did find it very difficult that he didn't know where he stood with, with Rafa. But, um, you know, if he was playing under Rafa, he'd have been quite happy to play there. Um, I didn't read too much into it really. Um, you know, I think Rafa Benitez was a very good manager. I think, you know, good man manager as well, really. Let's not be let's not be around the bush. For for Bruce, he's a very good man manager. Everybody says that. It'll be up to him to prove that tactically he can cope with the very, very best, because Rafa did that. That is one of the things that we've learned over the past week. It doesn't matter who you speak to, everyone says he's a very nice guy, very good man of management. Also been told he really does like to get involved. Um and at the games at the end of the trading sessions, so that should be quite interesting to see if he still does that. Well, you don't. You, I think what's been interesting is you kind of talk to a lot of people in football, and there's not many with a, you know, really bad word to say about him. Villa fans really do have a lot of bad words to say about him because I think they felt that towards the end of last season he lost the plot at Villa. But you know, and then Dean Smith obviously did take them up, but he did get them into the playoffs, I suppose, the week before. It's not. Um, it's. I can understand why. Um, you know, people are sort of saying he's an analogue manager for a digital age. I mean, Stan Collymore really went from didn't he, at the weekend um, and he's a Villa fan. I can understand why people are saying that, but, but you know, he hasn't been in the Premier League for four years. It'll be interesting to see. I, I certainly don't think he's a, you know, from, from when I dealt with him at Sunderland, he built a pretty good team at Sunderland that got taken apart the following year when basically Darren Bent was sold from under, his, from under him. 
Um, but he was, but they, they, for a period of time, they were very, very strong, that team. Um, my concerns about him are, um, I know that, you know, Newcastle have been very good on injuries and things like that while Rafa's been here. They've been really punching above their weight because they've, they've not had any problems with injuries because Rafa was so meticulous. And that's where I kind of want to see them matching it tactically as well. You know, are they going to be able to compete with the very, very best I think they're going to go for it a little bit more against some of those top teams. They might not be quite as, um, you know, uh, standoffish as they were, but will they end the seasons as well as they did under Rafa? I don't think they will. Because then they might start the seasons better. I think, they, I think they possibly will. I think they possibly will. Newcastle looked very undercooked at the start of the last season. They looked as if they were trying to kind of time their run for when the easier game started. That's what it looked like. And that's probably what did happen. I think Bruce will probably say, well, I haven't got time to do that. I need to get wins straight on the board. Um, but he's got a lot. He's got a lot of things to do. Um, you know, there's this kind of boycott movement going on. A lot of fans, rightly, I think, very upset, uh, feeling that, you know, it's not Steve Bruce that they're necessarily upset with. I don't think anybody's upset with Steve Bruce, but they are upset with Mike Ashley. They're upset with the fact that the club haven't said anything all summer. Um, and I agree with all of those things. You know, clubs should have, clubs should have communicated better. They've left themselves open and, you know, and then the appointment as in when it happened, they didn't explain, they've not still explained why they've done it. Um, it's been left to us to kind of put two and two together. But they should have come out and said, they should have told people why they've done it and they should have set out what Steve Bruce is going to be about. Um, sticking with that appointment, then obviously yesterday, Chef Wednesday, um, said they've reported Newcastle to the Premier League in, t- uh, in regard to their conduct over Bruce's appointment and his coaching staff. What do you make of that? Well, it's obviously been very, very bad tempered there. Newcastle insisting, I understand that they that they've they've basically triggered the, the his release clause with a four million pound offer, um, and that Sheffield Wednesday really don't have a leg to stand on. Sheffield Wednesday are saying the opposite. They're saying that they they didn't they hadn't agreed for for Steve Bruce to go. So there's still areas of kind of um, basically areas where they haven't agreed yet. Um, um, it, it's messy, isn't it? And, you know, it feels to me like it could have been done in a better way if there was an agreement there. But it happened so late before the season started that Sheffield Wednesday were entitled to feel, I think, very frustrated with Bruce and with Newcastle because of how uh, late it's been. Um, but, you know, we've been here before with, with I mean, Alan Pardew left Newcastle, didn't he, at Christmas? Left them in a bit of a hole because they didn't have- have anybody to come up uh, to replace with I, I'm not I don't think it's oh, it could be serious in the end but I, I don't feel it's something that's necessarily gonna I think there probably will be a settlement agreed on it if Newcastle feel their position's right then they'll go for it but it's it's not good it's not a good thing to have hanging over the club it's a distraction isn't it it's a distraction I just think it's not it's it, it's not what you want they could have moved a bit earlier I think but again they were probably looking at other managerial targets I don't think he was 11th choice, by the way. I know that was said on Sky, but I don't, I don't think that's true. But I don't think he was first choice either. I think they 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 went and looked at other people first and then decided, look, we need somebody with experience. I know that Giovanni Van Bronckhurst's agent went to them and said, look, he's happy, wants to come and work for you. And at that point, and that was about a week before Bruce got the job, Newcastle turned around and said, we're looking for somebody with Premier League experience now. So something had changed from when they knew that Rafa was walking out. Something changed in that sort of seven to ten day period. So they obviously, I think they got turned down by a lot of those managers. Um, 
because they maybe felt that, you know, they maybe felt that it just wasn't the job for them. Bruce has, you've got to say to him, you've got to say, look, he's, he's, he's putting his reputation on the line, isn't he, for this job. Um, and uh, it could get toxic if they don't if they don't start well and things don't go well because he's going to be the man, he's going to be portrayed as Ashley's man whether he likes it or not. So um, yeah, I'd say fair play to him for for kind of you know for taking it on because it's a big big challenge. We hope you've enjoyed this episode so far. Just a quick reminder to please subscribe and review to our podcast through iTunes, Spotify, or whichever podcast provider you listen through. Let's delve into some questions now then from our listeners, quite a few. Um, thankfully, some that weren't all drill in um, linked. Uh, we'll start with a few, well, we'll start with a couple from Tom Packer. Um, have Newcastle shown any interest in free agents such as Danny Welbeck or Daniel Sturridge? Um, yeah, I think they have. Uh, from what I understand, they've certainly been, they've been offered those players. Obviously, the Andy Carroll thing happened at the weekend. I mean, Lee... Um, Lee Ryder wrote that, and you know that. I think the fact that everybody had everybody written that as well tells you that that it, you know there was something in that. But it wouldn't that wouldn't be until later on, maybe even after the transfer window shuts, because he's he's not fit yet, and he's obviously got um, you know he's got a lot of fitness injuries as well. Welbeck, I think it's unlikely because he'd be off, he'd be asking for a huge amount of money. Sturridge, I, I don't think there's any that's going to happen either. But they're all free agents, aren't they? So it gives you the option after the window's finished to, to look at them. Um, but I don't think any of them will necessarily happen soon. Um, I remember when Alan Pardew got the job, he kind of talked extensively about what he was going to do very early on because he was like, look, I've got control over transfers here. And they didn't get any of those players in. So we'll see because a lot of managers have come down in the, uh, have come, come here in, in, over the years and they've made their case to buy, bring these players in. I think Steve, what Steve Bruce would maybe like for Newcastle is maybe different from what um, the club will allow him to do because those players come with massive wages. So Carroll potentially, if it's on a case-by-case basis and he, he, he's on a low basic wage and then gets appearance money, maybe that's potential. But I'd still be surprised if they go for too many players over the age of 26, given that Charlie Austin would fall into that bracket. Another one strongly linked. Can't see it. I think they'd be more likely to get Joey Linton and then another another striker who you know maybe has a bit of Premier League experience, but it could be another one from abroad for me. So just to be clear, how are you pronouncing Joey Linton? Well, I heard on the Bundesliga YouTube channel, it's Joey Linton. Joey but, Linton. But we'll have to see, won't we, when he signs? <laughs> um, I think it's Joey Linton, was what they said on the Bundesliga channel. I thought it was Joel Linton, but... We'll see. The, the, the final question from Tom is on Steve Nixon. Now, Kieran Kelly wrote an excellent piece over the weekend about what Nixon looks for in a player, how yeah. he works. Um, Tom asks that there's, says there's been quite a few uh, talented players on the continent that have been available for not that big of a fee, and they seem to have slipped through the net. Um, and he's just asking kind of yeah, how you judge Nixon's work so far and, and have Newcastle, do you think Newcastle have missed out on some talent that they could have got for yeah, I, think, I, think it's, I think it's difficult with Nixon because Rafa was so um, he was so sort of influential in every aspect of what the club was doing that I think that Nixon obviously had a big say in in kind of you know he, he would be doing the scouting and he would be bringing the he would be plugged into what Rafa was doing but, but Rafa had his own view on 
players to bring in. You know, I mean, Rondon, let's be honest, I don't think it takes a head of recruitment genius to kind of know what Rondon will give you. And Rafa was kind of on the phone to agents, on the phone to players. He he was kind of very much in charge of it. So it's difficult to... to to kind of judge Nixon's work too much on last on on the last three years because he's maybe not had the the influence over over recruitment that maybe some other chief scouts would have or head of, heads of recruitment would have. But from what you hear about him, really meticulous guy, um, very into the science side of things. Um, when he got the when he first sort of came in as head of recruitment, I, I, you know he did a podcast with um, soccer soccer eight. I forgot what was it, soccer six. Um, which is one of the scouting tools, one of the scouting software tools. And he, um, I listened to it and he sounded very interesting, but he was all about um, personality tests and things like that. He's integrated that into his scouting as well. So that might be one of the reasons why the Newcastle have got such a good dressing room at the moment. Um, have they missed players? Yes, they have. But again, who was like, why is that? Was that because good players were available and... Rafa didn't judge them to be a good fit for what he wanted to do because you did see a lot of players that Newcastle were linked with who, you know, if they didn't play the Rafa way, he he wouldn't necessarily want them. And I think fair play to Rafa because he got the right kind of players. But this is going to be different now because I think Steve Bruce works in a much more collegiate way with his the scouting team. He'll say, I mean, I've, I spoke to Stan Turner this morning for a piece that's going to come out. He will say, I want to let centre-back. What have you got for me? then they'll go through it and it'll be a lot more like that than whereas I think Rafa would maybe do a lot of that work himself and then say present his list because he also had, Rafa also had somebody within his team who did a bit of scouting and, you know, had links as well. And, you know, he was, he's been very influential. Um, the guy, Owen Brown, who's been there and he's, you know, he's got a bit of that, re- he had a bit of that remit as well. So, whereas I think with Brucey, it's going to be a little bit more, um, it's going to be a little bit more about, uh, you know, working in conjunction with the, the head of recruitment. So I, I know he was, Nixon was, as, did have, a, did do a lot of work with him on Almiron. So that's worked out pretty well. Um, and I think this is his first big test. I think Joel Linton or Jerry Linton will be a, um, will be a Nixon player. I think, you know, he's had an impact there. Um, and there's others as well. I think there's others as well that are lined up by Newcastle. So this will be the, an interesting window. And I think we can maybe look at, Nixon's influence this window um, and judge it on that is three weeks though enough to get the players in no simple word no uh, it's not and the problem will be for Newcastle is that you know Lee Charnley one of the charges laid at his door is that they don't do things quickly enough because they take a long time to get things they move from one deal to the next um, and you know they did two bits of business in January the whole 31 months and they waited on Almiron to get the right price for him. How are they going to be able to wait 17 days to go, maybe four signings? Or I don't think they'll get that many, actually. I think it'll be less than that, but I think it'll be maybe two or three more. Um, is that including Julian? Uh, no, I think that as well as. Um, is that then, enough? I think it's always what they were going to do this summer. If they, they That was one of the main disagreements with Rafa, was Rafa wanted a lot of players in. He wanted them to be really active to move players out and move, bring them in. I think they said to him, you've got this amount of money, spend it on two or three players, very good players, rather than, you know, sp- spreading it thin. Now, depending on what you think the right way to go is, we're going to see that. But to get four or five, I think they'd have to sell. 
and of course they've got Sean Longstaff you know that 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 issue is still ongoing as well so a lot to do in 18 17 17 18 days a lot to do and I don't think it's enough time I think they're, they're either going to end up overpaying for somebody or they're going to walk away from a deal that probably they need to do because that deal's overpaid so that's going to be interesting um, and it'll be interesting to see how Steve Bruce sort of sees that as well but um, you know you never know you never know for those who aren't aware Stan Turner worked with Bruce at or City Keep credited down. with um, likes of Harry Maguire etc so it'll be quite interesting to yeah. read that piece from Mark Gateshead Bourne as well yeah Maguire Robertson um, he said Modi Army um, Alan McGregor in goal I mean you go through the team it was actually pretty good um, Dawson um, it was a pretty good team actually uh, when you think about it and they got to the FA Cup final didn't they they got relegated that year but they got to the Europe FA Cup final and then played well. in Europe the next year and then he got relegated well, I've spoken to a few people regarding the whole situation it's interesting what he said what I've been told about how Bruce handled the discontent in the stands or but there, there wasn't, weren't any fans in the stands but you know with the supporters and how he balanced it with the, the owner so yeah. that's another piece to watch out for it's going to be different here isn't it because the, the, the I think it's so long standing here you know, and he is going to be seen as Ashley's man um, when they lose. And ask Alan Pardew about that. He finished fifth one year, and and it didn't take them long. It didn't well. It did take fans and me as well, to be fair, long to sort of come back and say, you you can't have it both ways. When you come in as the manager, knowing with your eyes open, if he finds it very difficult to work within the remit that they give him, that's what he accepted. So. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be really interesting. Um, so we, we will see, won't we? I, I honestly don't know how it's going to end. Um, I think short term, I think they'll be all right next season. Long term, that's the big question, isn't it? It is, because I mean, a lot of people also that you speak to say Bruce won't be a yes man. So it's going to be quite interesting to see how that all fits in play. He was very adamant, wasn't he? That I'm not a puppet. I'm not a yes man. I've not just accepted any conditions. Um, more adamant than McLaren was when he was came in because I think McLaren really was under very much you know pretty stringent restrictions. Now is Steve Bruce under the same restrictions? Time will tell. He says not, um, so time will tell on that. Next question. Then you've briefly already mentioned it, but it is a lot long stuff. So this question is from Stephen Levy. He says, "Do you expect Newcastle to cave in and sell long stuff before deadline day?" I suppose. To be in that situation, this imminent bid for Manchester United, which has been happening for the last six yeah. weeks, two months, would actually have to come, wouldn't yeah. it? They, they've, so they've, they've kind of made inquiries, haven't they? I think that, that and, and they rate him around sort of 20, 25 million. But the, the, I think there's a report this morning, Man United, are, you know, it seems like they're, they're briefing quite heavily on this one or certain people around the Man United situation are briefing heavily on it. And they're now saying they're going to come in with a bid for 30 million. I don't think that'll be enough to, for Newcastle. Newcastle, have I think said fifty million would be, you know, the only way they could you could get him off their hands. Personally, I mean that obviously would be a tremendous amount of money for a player who's only played eighteen games. But the message it would send, not good. Um, it's almost as close to a player that is has no, you know, is is unsellable for me. Just in terms of the message that it would send, you know, I know they let Rafa go this summer, but that, you know, that they weren't as much in control of that as maybe they wanted to be but this one they are totally in control of if they decide to sell him they've sold him and you know they're saying we've got money we've got money you know but what's more important having the player on board or selling him 
the way that that club operates at the moment under Ashley, they'd find it difficult to turn it down if it got if it got up to that level, forty million, fifty million. But it would be a bad move in my opinion. But they will. But that's how they operate, isn't it? They get forty million in the, the kitty, and then they'd say, "Well, we'll spend it again." I, I don't buy that. You know, Perez, they had to sell because because of, of that. But you know, they need to reinvest that money. But um, they've just lost all faith from people that they, they're going to do things the right way but I could understand 50 million you know why that would maybe maybe test you test you but yeah he needs to stay in Newcastle uh, Paul Featherstone asks what's happened with Kyle Scott obviously another one strong in link Chelsea yeah. youngster released this summer free transfer you know reports a couple of weeks ago from uh, various media outlets are uh, medical was all but done and then yeah. he's going to be unveiled well I don't think I, I've, I've not heard that that one's imminent um, I think they would want to get a big signing done first anyway you know clubs are quite savvy in that way sometimes they, they, you know they, they'll want to get this Joey Linton deal done so they can get a bit of a monkey off their back in that terms of that I don't think he was ever going to be the first one that they would sign there's definitely interest there um, but I've not heard that it's ready to go yet um, and then I mean you've mentioned there you think we'll get two or three more players in plus Joe Linton um, Paul has kind of said you know that has been the rumour going round um, three players could join maybe even this week probably um, a bit optimistic that. but is there anyone that you've heard that you can tell our listeners that you think there's a real strong possibility that they could come through the door well I think at the moment there's still there's still an element of spinning plates they haven't I don't think they've got. I don't think they've got had bids accepted for anybody else yet. Um, I, I've I've kind of hinted at it today in a piece, but I think, as far as I'm aware, there was some form of you know there's been interest or they're monitoring um, the guy at Hall, Jared Bowen, the, the winger. Um, but you know, again, how serious is that at the moment? The club are keeping their cards very close to their chest, by the way. So a lot of this information comes from agents who. You never know whether they've got an interest in getting their player's name out there uh, or it's agent talk. Very exciting player though, isn't he, Baron? And Bruce brought him from Hereford in the first place. Um, you know, non-league, came from non-league sort of four years ago, I think. Five years ago, even potentially. Very exciting player. Um, exactly what Newcastle need and exactly the kind of player that they would, that, you know, that I think would, would fit in well. Um, they need a winger, but they need a second striker. Now, I haven't heard anything on a second striker Possibly because they're doing the deal anyway. Remember, they've got two domestic loans as well. Um, two domestic loans to play with this summer. And I think they'll use them. They'll definitely use at least one. Um, you know, that would be the, that would be the thing that I would say. You know, they, I don't particularly like them bringing loan players in because it leaves you at the end of the season with the kind of like, well, will they, will they sign or will they, will they not? And if they're young players, you know, are they going to be, are they going to be, good enough are you just developing another person's player but I think they'll use the loans as well what did you make of the claims of the weekend regarding Alan St Maxman from Nice again another player that they've, another player that I know they've, they've looked at monitored um, big talent um, and I think Brucey quite likes a bit of a wild child actually um, from from you know he took Han Benarfa at Hull didn't he um, uh, did, did Steve Bruce uh, and you know it wouldn't surprise me if they were in for that kind of player because you could bring him in and you know, at a cheaper price. The one thing I would say is that the reports have come from the keep, haven't they? And they haven't been really on it with anything this summer. So, you know, but I know that they kind of monitored him. You know, there's been a lot of players that, that they're looking at. League League Bundesliga, they, they they have had scouts there. Um 
all you know for a long time they've been looking at the Bundesliga obviously they signed Mutu last summer as well so they, they are interested they are looking at those those kind of leagues as well um, but uh, you know it wouldn't surprise me if, if Dwight Gale left and if they replaced somebody if they brought in somebody to replace him as well but you know again but surely you would even need, you would need one more strike on top of that wouldn't you in, a, in an I ideal think they need world two. I think they need two plus Mutu and Gale so they need four really to be going in with it because it depends how Bruce plays of course he could play a 4-5-1 again but if he plays a I mean you would think that Almiron will be enough I think I think they'll probably go 4-3-3 or I mean they played well with five at the back and then two two wing backs on, on Saturday that that might be what he ends up doing Sorensen impress you? he did but he's not ready yet you know you can't he's not he needs a good loan he needs a, he needs a decent loan um, he needs to go out somewhere and score a few goals, come back with his. But he looked better, didn't he? Then, but preseason's always tough. West Ham looked knackered. Mm. Newcastle looked much better, but they'd looked shell shocked in the first game. So I don't read too much into it. Um, next question from Jeff Bell. He just kind of it's about the communication from Newcastle, and I'll just narrow it down. It's quite a long-winded question. But when will a member of the Newcastle United management share their vision for uh, this coming season and apologise for the mistakes? And give clarity on recruitment and other issues. Do you think that will happen? Um, I hope so. I, I think what will probably happen is they'll go through to the end of the transfer window and not they won't say anything now between now and then because they'll they'll want to get some players in before they sort of talk talk about that. I, I think that was always the intention. I think you know. I think if they had have kept Rafa, then they would have started to, you know, they would have started to kind of they would have said stuff. I think the intention was to have a big press conference and maybe you would have got Lee Charnley up there talking about what the club were going to do next and Rafa signed up for this and etc etc um, they're not in the mood to communicate at the moment it's fair to say they've not said anything over the summer um, I think they will do it obviously they've got the fans forum that they've got to hold in the early part of next next uh, season as well so that'll they'll definitely do it then to an extent but it's whether they decide that they want to kind of communicate through through media as well which they should do really they need to um you know the takeover stuff's all gone very very quiet i think it's probably done for this summer anyway um and they've got a lot of questions they need to answer they've got a lot of people out there they've they've, they've hiked the price of season tickets they've not said anything all summer they've got a takeover going on the way in the background they've lost a very popular manager um to which they insist there's another side to it but they haven't told us what that side is because probably because they don't want to get involved in a, in a slanging match but you know there's a lot of questions to answer a lot of questions to answer um, James Daggett asks you mentioned there was a, an English based good championship wing I'm assuming this might have been Bowen yeah is that the one um, I, yeah that, that's my understanding was was, was was him as I said I've not quite I, I was hoping to get it a bit more firmed up you know I like to kind of double triple quadruple source these things before you kind of go into it but I've had it from a couple of people who I generally trust that Newcastle have monitored him at least. So where it goes from there, I don't know. But yeah, I, I did hint at that the other week. I was hoping to get it a bit more, a bit more firmed up. But that hasn't happened. But I did mention it today because it's my understanding is that there is some interest there. There we have uh, it. Bruce, Bruce would take hundred percent. He's mm. a very good player. I think a lot. Of, I think a lot of fans who've watched the championship over the last season. How much are they going to ask for him? Well, the, is, the, the, question, the question. The question you've got to ask is if. Sean Longstaff's 50 million. Aaron Wimbasaka was how much? 50 million. 50. Um, Maguire's going to be 70. They'll be looking at it and saying, well, this lad is potentially going to be that level in a few years' time. Will they ask 20 million for him? 
I mean, championship player. I mean, championship players are coming out of the championship and costing that much. Will Newcastle spend that much? I don't then know. you could see, as Newcastle could say, yeah, okay, and then three years, four years down the line, they sell them for 50, 60 million. Well, Madison is a great example, isn't he, of, of a player in that in that bracket. It's whether Newcastle have the money. You know, look, we, we've heard a lot of they're going to go on a spending spree stuff. We know how much they've got to spend. Um, 61 million, I believe, before Iosie Perez was sold. So it's 91 million. But that... Has to cut that has to have the Premier League levy, um, transfer fees, uh, other assorted fees as well. You know, it's not it's not enough to go out and sign five players of really like world class players, is it? It's not it's not that much. So let's kind of yeah, they're going to sign players, but would they be able to thirty million? Let's say for Joel Lin- Joey Linton, twenty million for Bowen. Is there anybody left? Is there any money left? Then? We're definitely going to have to nail down how we pronounce this guy's yeah. name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, I've already said, I've already, you know, like, yeah, it's not easy, is it? Almiron, anybody knows any got, Bundesliga? I've still got Almiron, Almiron, yeah, down, down, you know, I don't know what that any is. Bundesliga experts do uh, get in touch. Final question from the NUFC blog, I assume that is the handle on Twitter. Um, ask about centre-backs. Now, over the last few days, um, Ben Gibson has been linked, we've had... Um, Davies from Preston also being linked uh, and I suppose everyone's kind of saying well Newcastle United right now have got a very strong um, selection set of bats we've waited a long time to probably say that in this job and it's fans yeah. have as well you know Lascelles Lejeune Cher Fernandez, Dummy can fill in there Clark. as well Clark yeah so did they okay last season they don't sure they don't need another no they don't they don't um, the Gibson thing um, you know I didn't really buy it. I don't think he's necessarily even as good as what as as, as the players they've got, um, unless they were going to sell somebody. But I, I think again, you know, they, there may be some movement there. But I think you're getting to the point where 18, 17, 18 days left. How much trading are they going to do in terms of player trading? You know, they've done Perez. Perez has gone. Um, maybe one or two others go. But even you know, it may get to the point where I mean, Shelby's not going to go anywhere. Hayden. I think it's probably going to stay now. I I, I do think that, um, it, you know, he's got no, there's nobody coming in with the, the sort of money that they want. There's just not enough time to do those kind of deals. Gibson, they don't they don't need him. You know, they've got centre backs. Um, Bruce will like Lascelles. He likes Shaw. He likes Cher a lot. Lejeune's different class when he's on his day. Um, Fernandez is a good player as well. Fernandez might potentially, I suppose, Fernandez could be made available because. He's at that top age bracket, and you know he signed for Rafa, didn't he? Um, but again, you know, good, a really good player. If they're going to play five at the back, then they need do need three good centre backs. Um, but you've got Dummett there, like you said. You know, um, I I don't think Gibson would, would happen. Is I it, just don't think they need. To it's, it's it's full backs really that they're probably looking at, isn't it? I mean, yeah. James Tavernier linked but again. How old is he? He's twenty seven. Twenty seven, and Rangers would probably ask for a decent amount of money. I, I think. You know, I, I think that's unlikely. Um, I mentioned today, somebody's mentioned to me, the guy at Augsburg, Philip Max, um, left-back, um, very, very good left-back, but expensive, again, you know, over the over 15, 18, 16, 17, 18 million. We also, have, we also have the Monaco left-back who was yep. linked. Sidibe. Yeah, um, Yeah, I think we'll start to see, you know, Newcastle spinning a lot of plates, so names are going to start coming out um, who maybe they're just even inquiring about. Um, I did a piece on Saturday about them going to the um, deal day at St. Stanford, Stanford Bridge. They sent a couple of the scouting team there 
and and that is about that deal day was about literally finding out players who are available at other clubs. So what then happens, I think sometimes is you, oh, well, who have you got available? You put names into players get put in. Then it becomes like an agent says, oh well, this player's this player's Newcastle interest in this player to try and get the move move going across. It's very difficult. It's very this is the hardest part of the the kind of transfer thing, but it's much more fun than doing. Will Rafa stay? Who's the next manager when you're not hearing any any anything concrete? And takeover in particular, which I'm, you know, be glad to bid goodbye to that. Um, I think we haven't even yeah. mentioned that. Nobody's asked. Nobody's asked about it, which I'm, you know, I'm very happy about that. Um, but but yeah, look, I mean, the final thing you'd say, and I'll ask you this question as well, Andrew. You, you know, we're in a really weird situation now because we're. It's not normal what's going on at Newcastle United. It hasn't been a normal summer. But we're now covering the club normally, if you will. Transfers, managers in, games coming up. It's really difficult, really difficult. Because, you know, there's. I think there's a good proportion of fans now sort of suddenly interested in the football side of things again. But there's a very good proportion of fans who are saying, forget that. The most important thing is that we show that we're not going to accept what's going on at the football club. So it's going to be... You know, it's the agenda is really difficult to pin down. I think for the next eighteen days, while transfers are going on, it's all going to be about that. We've got three games coming up in that time. It's all going to be about that, um, and then at the end of that transfer window, in the week before the start of the season, it's going to shift back onto protests and how that goes. Well, that was going to be my final question to you um, over the weekend. Some people are saying, um, you know, Newcastle, uh, the Chronicle, are on a kind of a a Bruce PR mission and I argued back and said well we can't compensate for what people are saying we ask the questions if we ask Shelby what he thinks of Steve Bruce and he comes out and says yeah very positive same with LaSalle same with former players you know my argument was if the former players had come out and said Bruce was, was an awful manager we still would have written that yeah. because we've asked their opinion of course. we write their opinion so yeah. you're exactly right as someone who's in charge of where we kind of lead the line yeah, I mean editorially, you know, look, we when he when he signed, I think when he came in, the front page we had oh we had a very long conversation about what the front page was going to be, with a lot of back and forth, and you know there was there's two there's there's on one side of it you could have done a poll online and said how many people are in favour of Steve Bruce, how many people wanted Steve Bruce, and run that number on the front, but I thought at the twenty four hours that Steve Bruce was appointed. I felt people were angry and not necessarily with not necessarily with with that appointment per se but with everything that led up to it and it you you know it's very difficult it wasn't <clears throat> it wasn't joking here but at the same time the other side what we would normally do when a new manager comes in is say brilliant get behind him all of this positive stuff about what does he do? What's it? And but we knew we couldn't do that as well because the situation is unique. So we kind of tried to go into the middle and say the toughest job I think that was our front page and listed all the things that he's got to kind of do right but also then delved into sort of the really fascinating backstory of Steve Bruce as well so we, it was really difficult but then we wrote a load of things we, we, we carried all of the negative stuff um, we carried the, the fan statement we carried all the thing, people who were saying you know oh I can't believe this Michael Chopper all that kind of stuff but then I think you know why shouldn't we run the positive stuff that people are saying the positive stuff that's coming out of the camp Lee Ryder was over there in China and you know, he he was just re- reporting what he'd heard, um, and I think did a really good job of that as well. Um, 
and reported the first press conference from Steve Bruce, who, who I thought came across pretty well um, and was very like... I was there for the first Steve McLaren press conference and well, it wasn't a press conference because we were all barred from that. But then I went and spoke to him and McLaren was hedging his bets very early on, you know, because he, he, he knew that he didn't have say over a lot of things. Steve Bruce came out and said he has got say over things. So, okay, well, we judge him on that. But I think, you know, what PR, well, what's, you know, when nobody's, nobody's telling us what to write, the PR would be the club pushing to us, this is all the good stuff we're going to do. Well, to be honest with you, the club aren't really doing that. They're, they're just kind of letting us report on it how we see fit because I think they feel like we can't win at the moment. So they're not, they're not actively, I think, pushing their lines at the moment. It might change, but they're not doing that at the moment. And likewise, I think Steve Bruce is kind of saying, well, this is what I'm telling you, you know, judge me on results, judge me on what I'm saying. And he's railed against a few things that have gone, that have, that have been reported that he feels are wrong. Um, and I think it's we've got to then report on that, you know. Um, we've also got a platform for the fans who are, you know, annoyed about things. Um, and we'll do, we'll do those stories as well. So um, it's difficult. It's really difficult at the moment because it's not an... It's not been a normal summer, and it's it's not been normal. It's not been normal way of reporting things, but the next 16, 17 days are going to be normal, I think, because it is going to be a football club trying to sign players, having three matches, manager looking at the way things are going, and players coming out and saying how much they're enjoying working with it. So, you know, it's going to be weird. It's going to be a busy one. Very busy for the next three weeks. Well, there you have it. That has been the everything is black and white podcast. I'm Andy Musgrove. That was. Mark Douglas, thank you very much for joining us. Head over to Chronicle Live to keep a date with all the latest Newcastle United news. Thank you.